0: Jesus gave permission to his disciples to recline at table, so if you feel relaxed, go right ahead. I'll tell you when I'm done. (laughs) A couple weeks ago, I told you, for those of you who were here at that Mass, when I was a young boy, I really made a serious and very uh, solemn commitment to be a follower of Jesus. Um, I really decided that I needed to follow him wherever he would lead me. And it's been a very fantastic journey for me. And like so many others who have committed their lives to Jesus, I have to ask the question, why do we do that? You know, Why, why do we commit ourselves to following this Christ who we personally had no interaction with other than uh, the stories we've heard? The, the grandparents who, who gave us a beginning of uh, the priests, the ministers, the people who preached to us in our lifetime, our own personal faith. Everyone has a reason for following Jesus. Some of them are very personal, and we don't want to share that reason. Some are very defining moments when we finally realize that Jesus really is what he said, the way, the truth, and the life. For me, I follow Jesus simply for one reason. He said he loved me. That's enough. For me, that's, that's plenty. It's more than enough. Jesus loves me so much that I believe it in my heart that he really is the Son of God, the Savior who was sent to redeem us the one who takes away my sins, the one who's who comes under my roof, though I'm unworthy. He's the anchor of my past. He's the joy of my present, and he will be the hope of my future. And that's why I've given my life to Christ. That's why I've given my life to Jesus and his holy church, not only just to be a priest of his church, but to be a shepherd for his people, to be a servant of his father, and to be a witness to the glory and power of God, I have decided to follow Jesus, and there's no turning back. In the next few weeks, we're going to shift from the gospel of Mark. We've been reading Mark for a while. We're going to go for a few weeks into the gospel of John in what scholars call the bread of life discourse. We're going to hear Jesus proclaim himself over and over to be the bread of life. He'll say things to us like, I am the bread that came down from heaven. And it'll perplex people. He will say, unless you eat this bread and drink this cup, you'll have no life within you and it will offend people. He will say to us, eat this bread and drink this cup and you'll never go hungry again. And people will doubt him. And yet that's what we believe. The great song that we sing based on passage from Isaiah, come to the feast of heaven and earth. Come to the table of plenty. God will provide for all that we need. here. the table of plenty. Come sit at my table where saints and sinners are friends. I wait to welcome the lost and lonely to share the cup of my love. And so here we are. We've come to the feast of plenty. We've come to this table where we are to be fed. And God has been nourishing us since we walked in here when we saw faces that we haven't seen for a while and we see the joy of worshiping together again when we heard the sounds, the strains of music it lifts our hearts. When we heard the word proclaimed to us and the gospel proclaimed to us, we were fed and nourished. Soon at this very table of plenty, we'll be nourished again with the bread that never, never dies, the Christ that lives forever. And here we are, you and I, followers of Jesus, gathered at that table. We accept again the invitation of the Savior to come, and much like we do at our own family tables, what are we called to come to? We're called to be among friends. We're called to come to share our hopes and our dreams, even in our prayer, if not out loud to one another. We come to discuss our needs and our hopes, knowing that God will fulfill. If we look at those readings today, I said this in this accuracy. it's not in my notes, but here I go. Um, if we looked at that first reading, it said they ate until there was nothing. They, they, they never ran out of food. And this one, in the gospel, it says that, that Jesus gave five loaves, two fish, and there were 12 baskets left over. What it says to us is we've only scratched the surface of what God has to offer to us. You know, God has so much to offer to us. God has so much to give to us. We don't even see what he has to offer. We only touch what our basic need is, what we want now. So much more to be given to us, so much that we is gathered together to give to us when we're ready for it. And here we are. We share our hopes, our dreams, our needs, our hopes, our losses, and our gains. It's the same thing that we talk about at our family table. And here we do it again, but we do it here together as God's children, God's friends. That's why I focused today on that that great uh, line. I, uh, preach a lot about the Eucharist, preach a lot about miracles, what I just said off off cuff, you know. But I really was focused this week in my spirit on the line, a large crowd followed him because they saw the signs that he was performing on the sick. Those crowds, they recognized what Jesus could do for them. They saw that he, he had been doing great things, and if they didn't see them that himself, they heard it from someone. Or they were told by someone who saw it happen. Who who who, who heard the stories. And they they began to recognize that, that he can bring us healing and forgiveness. He can bring us that miracle that we seek. He brings us answers to the questions that we have about God and his creation. And he brings unity to communities. And he brings love to those who have been forsaken. God's grace is always being poured out upon us. You and I are drawn together today to be the witnesses of that grace. You and I are drawn together today to come together and be the recipients of that grace to the great miracle that we need in our own spiritual lives. Whether it be the multiplication of loaves and fishes or an answer to a simple prayer, a doubt and a doubt of faith. The gospel asks us tonight, if we're that great crowd, are we the great witnesses? Have we told someone about Jesus and the things that he can do for us that they too might want to come and see, that they might come in large numbers to recline at his table? What experience of Christ's love are we having on this Mount of Allen here at this table of plenty? Have we opened our hearts today to trust God enough that he will extend his healing power upon someone sitting with us at this very moment? Are we bold enough to bring our troubles and disappointments and our fears to God rather than the internet? Do we come to thank God for the accomplishment and joys of our life? If so, then we will be the faithful witness he calls to follow him this week, and others will follow us because of our story. A large crowd gathered to follow him because they saw the signs, decide to follow Jesus, and never turn back.